remind you of Tonka chimpanzees, Tonka quarterbacks, Matt Blitz out as interviews, Bobby roaring fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Five, them super flex. Come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the super flex pod. Welcome back to another episode of Zuberflex. We know that it's been a while, but hopefully you checked out our episode of the Goat District, which was somewhat of a joint episode. It had a very similar vibe to what we try to accomplish on this podcast. And once again, I am joined by my co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back on the mic with you. It's been a little while. Glad you made it through the was it a hurricane still when it got to you or was it still a tropical storm? I, I don't know, but I'm glad you it was, made it through uh, that. It was, I don't know if it counted as a hurricane, but I can tell you that like multiple large trees crashed around here and blocked off roads and like fell through people's houses. So I'm Yikes. definitely uh, glad to still be around. Yeah. <laughs> it was, And a lot of people were without power for a while. So I'm glad to have power. Just thankful in general, you know, to be alive and have electricity. So I guess thankful to not live in like the early 1800s. And I'm also thankful to have our guest tonight. It's I've actually have never been on a podcast with him before, but I have talked to him pretty extensively over Twitter. And he is a delight to talk to for those who don't know. But our guest tonight is the Peebles champ, Dwight Peebles. And Dwight is the co-host of the Debbie Manual and a fellow writer at Dynasty League Football. Dwight, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me, man. This is kind of a little different for me. I usually talk uh, Debbie, IDP, a little bit of everything, but I thought I'd hop on and talk some quarterbacks. So they're kind of the backbone of fantasy leagues, even though I hate admitting that as a defensive guy. But you got to have quarterback, and you got <laughs> especially these days with every about 75% of the leagues, it seems like now, are super flex. So they're definitely, definitely important. So happy yeah, to be on, guys. The trend is uh, certainly going that way. You know, maybe after this, I actually think the next trend that will pick up is going to be Debbie. I've slowly seen it start to increase. And I think, you know, super flex used to be on the fringes and is now mainstream. I can see Debbie going that way. Although maybe with what's going on with college football right now, it might be delayed a little bit and we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But uh, as Dwight said, we are going to talk about quarterbacks and we are doing something a little bit different on tonight's show. So Matt rightly pointed out that it felt like this off season, we have already pretty much have talked about every quarterback there is to talk about. So instead of rehashing that, we thought it might be interesting to do a dynasty focused redraft from the 2016 to this past year's class. And we're just going to do it uh, round robin. People can give their quick hitter on why they think that person belongs in that particular spot. And since Dwight is the guest on our podcast here, I'm going to give him the honor of selecting Patrick Mahomes. Unless, of course, he goes with <laughs> Lamar Jackson, in which case I will just cut him off there because I, well, I think they're close. I think it is definitively Mahomes. And that's just my quick piece. But go ahead, Dwight. Tell people while you're selecting Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to go Mitch 
It's Trubisky. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. All right, guys. Yeah, it, it is Mahomes. I mean, <laughs> come on, the Bears were right. Um, you're right. It is. It is Mahomes. I feel like he's safer. Um, you've got to think that the down that eventually Lamar's running stats will tail off at some point. Uh, you think he can't run like this forever? And I feel like Mahomes is just. He's in a great situation, great organization in Kansas City that's going to continue to build around him. Uh, you love the kid. You know, he keeps his nose clean, which, you know, not these days seems like a big deal. Uh, you just love everything about him. He's, he's going to be around 10, 15 years, and he's going to be a quarterback one for probably at least 13 or 14 of those years. So I think you get Mahomes on your team, and, and you just kick back and relax. So it's, it's easily Mahomes. I don't even think it's really that close for between one and two, but – that's my opinion. So. Matt, do you want to make a case for number two? Yeah, I mean, I for me, it is. I mean, it's. I think probably for everybody, it's Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, I, I think you're Dwight's right in terms of the can't run for everything, and he probably certainly has a shorter shelf life than Patrick Mahomes. But you know, we've seen the upside when that. Really, what you're looking for in these Konami code quarterbacks, as Rich Rebark coined so long ago, is is that rushing pr- provides not only the floor, but the ceiling. And then when the the passing comes along with it, that's when magic happens. And that's what happened for Lamar Jackson in 2019. Uh, you know, it, it, ridiculous 9% touchdown, right? That's obviously going to come down. Uh, the, the average decrease for somebody that's thrown above 8% touchdown rate, I believe, uh, is a drop of 3%. So if he drops down to 6%, that's still a really good passing season for somebody that's going to put up the, the, uh, amount of rushing points for us. So, uh, I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a different tier. I think I probably have them 1A, 1B. Uh, but you know, Mahomes definitely feels a little bit more comfortable, at least for the long term. But being realistic, both of these guys are going to be fantasy assets for, you know, in, in Lamar Jackson's case, maybe a little bit less, five to ten years. Mahomes, maybe he plays fifteen. Who knows? But um, I, I don't think there's that much of a drop off from Mahomes to Lamar Jackson in the short term. Yeah, there's no real disagreement from me there, and I think so. I think the third pick in this redraft is actually one of the harder ones. And I consistently go back and forth on this between my next two guys. Um, so those well, two you get guys, two picks, right? We're snaking, right? So you get both of them. Yeah, that's true. Um, however, I am going to definitively say that I'm leaning now more towards one than the other. I've gone back and forth for months on this, but the two guys I'm talking about are Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson, and that's the order that I would probably put them in. The thing that's really hard to argue against is that Kyler Murray came out as a rookie and was really productive from a fantasy perspective, even if the Cardinals weren't great. And then they went out and added DeAndre Hopkins. And that team is just building around Murray and surrounding him with weapons and seemingly doing all the right things so that he can have sustained fantasy success. Meanwhile, as much as I love Deshaun Watson, the Texans are doing the exact opposite. They're getting rid of all of his weapons they're not protecting him at all they have bill ob in the charge and he just can't seem to do anything right um what really actually scares me about deshaun watson even though i would have him next and i'm going to select him next and you guys can maybe add some color here too is i'm almost worried that he goes the andrew luck route where the lack of protection gets him hurt to the point where he just goes i'm not playing anymore I don't know how huge of a risk I think that is in my head, but the fact that they won't protect him at all really does scare me. That's a very, very valid concern. And I think if you go from a, a talent standpoint, I would much 
Watson, but I do not like what the organization has done around him. They make a valid point there. Um, I like Kyler. I like that, you know, they're building Kingsbury's building an offense that will tailor to his strengths. You know, he doesn't have the, the biggest arm in the world, but he's got that mobility and the ability to run that quick pace offense that Kingsbury is putting in there. They're like, they've drafted what six wide receivers in the last two years. So, and they added Hopkins and they're just, they're really trying to build something there. And I really like that. And when you're dealing with this type, you've got to, you've got to factor in the organization, you know, cause you're, you're right. I could see him going, I could see Watson going the luck route or after his contracts up, he says, that's it, I'm done. You know? And, and if he stayed with the Texans past his first contract, I would be pretty shocked actually. So yeah, I, I I can't argue that. I, I like Watson better, but I think I would take Murray before him because of the situation. So I like that. But it's Bill O'Brien. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you. That's all you. All you really need to say. As yeah. long as B, Bill O'Brien is the GM, then uh, you know. I mean, I don't know how you take what Watson has done and then take away his number one weapon for a song, basically, and then give him David Johnson. You know, I, I, I kind of kind of interested in David Johnson this year as a dark horse candidate for for some points and f- certainly from the receiving standpoint. But I mean, you, can, you can't you can't do that to, to your quarterback. It's just it's not fair, man. The only thing that I will add here before we let Matt make his next pick is I was uh, I was hesitant to hype up Murray this much only because if Murray is this good and Daniel Jones is not about equally good, I'm going to end up wearing shorts. Thanks to a bet I made. You're wearing George, dude. You're you're definitely wearing George. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. But if I have to, <laughs> if I have to wear the George, I will make sure that I trim down when I grow my beard back out to just a mustache so that I can uh, go full Gardner Minshew. But <laughs> Matt, who is your next pick after those two? Yeah, I would have actually taken Dak Prescott ahead of uh, Deshaun Watson. I think they're you know they're in the same tier, of course. So we're we're, we're nitpicking here but Dak Prescott uh you know the only concern with him honestly is are they going to give him a long-term contract and you know you have to think that they're going to get there eventually but uh thanks Olive um uh yeah so uh the only thing you're missing there is that long-term oh my gosh Olive's just really mad that they haven't given him the contract yet I, she is. I didn't know she was a Cowboys fan, but uh, apparently she is. No, uh, I mean the offense is stacked around him. Zeke is wrapped up long term. You know there are some outs, I guess, uh, there. And same with Amari Cooper. And now, of course, they've added uh, added uh, C.D. Lamb there. So I just it, just the full complement of weapons. I don't see how this is not the maybe the best set of three, set of three with spread receivers in the league to go along with that offensive line. Obviously not as good as last year and maybe, you know, a year or two before that, but still very good. Uh, so everything's in line for Dak. I mean, would we would be really surprised if they, if they finished as the, you know, a, a top three offense in, in 2020? I don't think so. So uh, Dak for me is number four, uh, but still the same tier uh, with uh, uh, Kyler Murray. And, and sorry. And uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Dwight, over to you. And also, just to clarify, if anyone wants to add any commentary to anyone else's pick, feel free. I didn't really specify that before we got started, but if you'd like to, go for it. Just jump in. All right. You you mentioned the tiers, and here's where the tier drop-off is big time for me. Huge. Um, huge. Yeah, those top five are all, I want to say, fairly locked in. And these guys, I mean, you could argue from six to 12, you know, like all of them have very questionable situations. Very, um, you know, just not as much certainty. Um, geez, this is really tough. I don't like this. And I got, I got two in a row too, right? Um, shoot. 
You guys suck. Uh, I will take <laughs> – all right, just for the upside, I will take Joe Burrow here. Um, he is with my Cincinnati Bengals, which scares me a little bit because they have not been kind to quarterbacks since about Boomer Esiason. Um, so it's been a long time coming. I do like what they do have some good weapons there to surround him with. The team has, has addressed the offensive line. The kid's got the magic arm. He's got the ability to win. He's got all the intangibles, but it's just a question of whether the organization can continue to build around him and continue to get him what he needs. Uh, he's in a really good situation there. I like it. Um, he's, I'll take him there. I don't know if you guys' thoughts on that. I know you guys would probably not take him there. I guess what Bobby, that's actually, yeah. that's where I had Burrow too, uh, in our show sheet, which you guys saw, I pasted him right <laughs> back. So it's pretty much gone, uh, the order that I thought it would. And it's for similar reasons to you. Um, you know, I don't love the Bengals organization, but I do think he's a better quarterback than Dalton. I think they still have some good weapons there. I like the weapons that they drafted for him as well. And they're trying something new. Um, and the other thing is like, I, maybe I talked to John Bosch too much and we mentioned him a lot on this podcast, <laughs> but I think about a lot of players, not even necessarily from production perspective, but from value perspectives. So in of the guys that we're talking about next, if Burrow has a, at least decently good year as a rookie with the hype he has around him from college, he'll probably go way up in terms of ADP and dynasty value. And so he definitely would be of the guys that were in these draft classes, my QB six. Right, right. Then I'll, at seven, I'll take – I'll go off your list here. I'm going to take Carson Wentz. I, I love his talent. I don't like the fact that the organization is not giving him the weapons he needs. Rager was a nice addition. Um, I wish he would stay healthy, but I really like him when he's on the field. He's makes a lot of, of good decisions with the ball. I like that he takes care of the ball. Looking at his numbers, he's got 97 touchdowns, only 35 interceptions in his career. And that's with a suspect line, a lot of that, just running like his, running like crazy, running his head off. Um, I really wish they would get him a little bit more as far as offensive weapons. And like I said, Rager's is a nice addition. Jeffrey, if he could ever stay healthy, but then you go beyond that and their tight ends, Ertz and Goddard. And it's just, it seems like there for a couple of years, they were really building something good around him and they were in the Super Bowl. And then ever since then, I feel like they haven't really done a whole lot. Miles a great addition last year, but. A lot of people just you either he's one of those polarizing guys either just absolutely love him or you just just absolutely don't. And I'm sorry if Etan is out there listening, he is not worth as much as Jameis Winston. He I, I tried to trade those two last year, and he said Winston was worth more than Wentz. So Etan, if you're listening, sorry he's not. So that's my last. That was, Wentz. That was a, uh, I don't know if that counts as an extinction of the week, but that was just like an early uh, burn or shade thrown in. He, talked, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> he probably doesn't even remember it, man. It was, it, I was, it was a playoff run thing and I wanted, I can't remember which one I even wanted. I think, it, I don't know, whatever. It, it got in the conversation. He said that Wentz was worth, Winston was worth more than Wentz. And I'm like, get out of here. Wow. Yeah, all right, Matt, you're up. Yeah, I like the Wentz pick. I actually had him above burrow still I, I think they've tried to to help him out you know they they've brought in these right. speed receivers and they just keep getting hurt over and over uh whether it's uh uh you know Deshaun jackson or i, I can't remember I, I don't know why but i can't remember who was the guy they brought that used to be for the steelers another speed receiver god what was his name that they thought that was going to be antonio brown or, or they gave antonio the brown the contract instead of him 
why am I blanking on this anyway? You know, you guys know who I'm talking about, uh, right? Sure. Either of you know who I'm talking about? No, you guys don't know either. My, uh, damn, this is going to kill me. We're going to come back to this. I'm going to figure this out. But uh, anyway, uh, I think they've tried to help out Carson Wentz, and I think he's an uh, a, an excellent talent. You know, he had his his MVP season, and they, like you said, they've 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 tried to help him out, but it just hasn't hasn't really worked out. So great pick there. I'm actually going to take another quarterback who I have above Burrow, and that is Tua Tungo Vailoa. I've been Team Tua since uh, you know since he since he came on as a freshman and won a national title, and and I think that once the hip injury happened and Joe Brady, or excuse me, uh, Joe Burrow's amazing season with with uh, with Brady, like once that happened, uh, you know we kind of forgot about Tua, and here we have Tua sitting here ready to play. I think he's completely healthy. That's all that what all of the reports have said. Of course, uh, maybe his uh, you know the the other side of the candle, I guess, is is not going to be as long in terms of the length of his career. That could certainly come back and haunt him at some point. But I think he's ready to go. And at, at some point, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to turn into Fitzpumpkin in 2020. And if, as long as we ha- continue to have a season, uh, and we're going to see Tua, and I think he's going to make people sad that. Uh, that they, t- especially the Bengals, sad that they took Burrow over him uh, in the long run. So uh, Tua is my is an easy pick for me here at the whatever we're at three o three o four whatever it is three o three o two. I don't know. I'm just going by numbers as the eighth pick in our uh, redraft. I left I left you your guy, Bobby. I, yeah, you did, but I will also say that uh, Tua was my number one over Burrow for a while too. I got into a debate with Brian Har about it. And believe it or not, guys, I actually changed my mind. I know that's not loud on Twitter, but <laughs> getting into like an hour long or so debate with Brian a few months ago, he did manage to convince me that Burrow was probably the slightly, if not better choice, at least safer choice. And he also at least has a decent amount of upside, but I'd still love Tua. And uh, the next guy I'm about to talk to you about is a giant. And why I bring that up is because even though they had their guy, in my opinion. It still made me sad that I spent all this time watching Tua in college, hoping that one day he would be drafted by the New York Giants and they were in a position to do so and didn't. I didn't think they needed to do it, but it still just hurt slightly to see them be in pick position to draft him and not do it. And so with that spoiler, I'm going to draft Daniel Jones. I'm sure this is shocking to everybody out there because they know how much I hate now. I have made it very clear that I am a big Jones believer. Um, part of that could be that he just rescued my fandom from a washed up Eli Manning as much as I love Eli Manning. Part of that I think is just, he had great fantasy success as a rookie and it was, he actually, when he became a starter, not many people know this, but I know it because I wrote an article about it. He outscored Kyler Murray on a fantasy points per game uh, basis. Once Daniel Jones actually took over as a starter so that was interesting to look at. I think you can pretty safely say for most people, there's a tier break after that uh, Burrow Atua tier, but Jones is very close to that tier for me, and I'm very happy to select him there. And also, hopefully he will be within a point per game or better of Kyler Murray, because I really do not want to wear jorts at the end of this season. <laughs> <laughs> What do you, hey Bobby? What do you think about him? Him apparently bulking up this off season in hopes that he's not going to have eighteen fumbles this year. Do you think his hands are just like massive? Like they're maybe he's got like Popeye forearms now and just these massive like meaty fingers that are that are ready to grip that ball and he's not going to not going to drop the ball fifteen plus times this year. 
you know, there were lots of players that have had fumble issues as rookies. I'm trying to recall <laughs> off the top of my head, but I know hey, like not eighteen. Not eighteen. I know at least there have been like a few like quote unquote Hall of Fame quarterbacks that struggled with it. Um, you know, I don't believe in the like best shape of their lives, whatever. But you know, looking at those pitchers, you can tell he's put on some muscle. I'm not I can't say that I'm uh, well versed enough in football to know if those muscles actually make any kind of impact on the quarterback position or not. Uh, but it looks good. So hopefully it actually adds some production and makes him harder to take down. But ultimately yeah. I think, I think it'll help him. Like maybe if he doesn't have a girlfriend, maybe it'll help him get a girlfriend. If you had to pick one of these guys to be your best friend, would it be Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew? Oh, easily Gardner Minshew. Oh, Gardner. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Daniel, okay. Daniel Jones has like, don't get me wrong. Jones seems like a perfectly nice guy, but he has like what he's emulated from Eli Manning is having that like very boring vanilla personality. Oh, exactly. Whereas like Minshew, Minshew is probably too wild for me, but I would at least have a memorable <laughs> night. At least sit back and watch what, what, what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'd have a story to tell from hanging out with Gardner Minshew. Yeah. If I hung out with Daniel Jones, it'd probably be like, we went and got bagels. Maybe you had a, gl- a glass of wine and a baked potato or something. <laughs> so and Gardner Gardner would introduce you to Tiger King. So yeah, I'd be right. <laughs> so <laughs> I do realize I have back to back picks here, and mm-hmm. I'm not going with Gardner Minshew as much as I'm a big Gardner Minshew fan. Um, I'm not an unrealistic Gardner Minshew fan, and there are still quarterbacks that I would take ahead of him. Um, I am going to go with a guy that probably would also hang out with Tiger King and at least has taken a picture of himself hanging out with a tiger, and that's Baker Mayfield. I think that we as a community have been pretty quick to jump off the Mayfield train. Um, I do think he'll probably have a bounce-back season. I think Freddie Kitchens has a lot to do with what happened to Mayfield last season, and I also think that he's had a full offseason, even though I recognize it's a totally weird offseason to prepare to play with Odell Beckham. And I know Jarvis Landry has been a little hurt, but I generally, I, I say this every offseason, guys, and maybe like I'm a secret Browns fan that just needs like Browns fan anonymous or something. Every offseason, I'm like, oh, I really like the moves the Browns are making. And then every season, they just disappoint me from a fantasy perspective. But I really feel like this year, they're, at least Baker will put it together. I don't know that their team will put it together, but I think that he will elevate himself back into that. Oh yeah. He's a young quarterback in this game to get excited about. Well, his, I mean, we had such lofty expectations from him. Like, I don't think anybody could have living up to the hype that we put on the 2019 Browns, you know, when they traded for Odell Beckham and I, I, myself included, we moved Baker way up the list, top, top three, top four quarterback in dynasty. And it was, it was too much pressure for everybody. Right. So there's no way, even if they had, even if they had a, a winning season, we probably still would have been disappointed based on our, our expectations. Odell Beckham had that thing was a hernia injury. Right. And basically all season long, that kind of wrecked him. Uh, so I, I'm, I, I agree with you. I think Baker was the right pick here. Question for you guys, based on what Matt just said, I never really made this connection until just now, but are we making that same mistake with Kyler Murray? Because he gets DeAndre Hopkins Obviously, he had a good rookie season, but he gets DeAndre Hopkins and we elevate him to like three or four, I think, in most people's just dynasty rankings. And if he disappoints, do you think that he's going to be in the same value range as 
Baker this time next year, or do you think that Kyler has enough hype to sustain it? Yeah, I don't think it's exactly the same. I mean, they they added Hopkins, but other than that, it's been a pretty stable offseason. You know, not a lot has changed, whereas Cleveland brought a ton of new stuff. I mean, other than OBJ, there was a lot of other turmoil. They were making moves like crazy. Um, like, and then they got all this hype. And I don't feel like Arizona's getting that hype. Arizona, and nobody's calling for them to be a dark horse for the Super Bowl. You know, everybody knows there's still some work to do there. It doesn't feel like the same to me. Like it's we're hyping Kyler up some, yes, and he could snap and and go down like Mayfield has, but the situation feels so much different. It doesn't feel as forced. Uh, whereas Mayfield, I mean, it just felt like they were you know putting TNT in a freaking barrel and just seeing what happened. You know, like it you, you all off season everybody was doing that, and then you kind of always had that feeling in the back of your head like it's gonna blow up. And you just kind of knew it was going to. It's like watching a train wreck almost, you know. And I don't feel like it's that way with Murray. I think they're being more careful, more cautious to not, you know, totally destroy what they built in year one. So uh, he he could regress quite a bit and he could drop, but I don't feel like the situation's anywhere near the same. So. And well, and I think you have that. Uh, well, all no. I was going to say is uh, I did recognize one difference, and maybe Matt was about to bring this up and I'm stealing his thunder, but. A major difference is that Kyler, unlike Baker, Baker did have all those touchdowns, but from a fantasy's perspective, he was still like, if I recall, middling teens in terms of like his PPG finish among quarterbacks in his rookie season, whereas Kyler legitimately finished in the top 10 as a rookie. No, I was just going to say, I think you have the rushing floor and upside with, with Kyler right. too. You know, 93 rushes last year, and you have to think that probably gets even higher in the 100 plus range uh, this season. So, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a cushion there that, that Baker doesn't necessarily have, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's possible, but uh, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I have more faith in, in Kyler than, than Baker. I don't know. Maybe that's unfounded, though. Yeah, that's totally fair. And you're up with your next pick. Yeah, it's getting getting kind of <laughs> gross. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go based on my rankings here. I have him at quarterback eleven, and that's Josh Allen. I'm not a giant fan of his, but you again, you can't ignore the rushing upside that he has. I do have some worry in the back of my head that he's, you know, that the coaching staff is, might get sick of sick of the 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 sixty three percent or the fifty six percent career passer. I think is what it is. Um, just you know, it, it, as a coach, you, you, you probably aren't, aren't super happy with that. And then they drafted a super safe quarterback, basically the exact opposite of Josh Allen this year and Jake Fromm, uh, kind of more of an extension of the coach quarterback. So you have to think that if, if, if he continues down this road of, you know, mid fifties or maybe even high fifties passing percentage, uh, completion percentage that at some point they're going to want to make a move. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe he just doesn't get a second contract or whatever it is, but in term, we don't really care about that for fantasy. What we care is fantasy points. Right. And, and he's definitely going to provide that. He was basically their goal line back last off season. Uh, Frank Gore isn't there anymore to not get into the end zone. So maybe Zach Moss or they give, give, uh, Devin Singletary more of a chance there and he loses a little bit off the top. And if that happens, then I think he definitely will drop down the dynasty ranks a little bit. Um, but right now for fantasy purposes, he's, he's one of those rushing quarterbacks, the tail end of that, that kind of rushing quarterback section, I guess you could say. Uh, so he's kind of the last guy in that, in that range that can give you that extra boost on the ground. So here, I, I think he's still a little bit, just a little bit ahead of the next guy on the list. Dwight, you're up with that next guy, unless you have anything you want to add about Colin. 
Just, just waiting for Matt to beat up his computer or whatever he's doing there. Um, <laughs> the dog keeps dropping the, the oh, okay. toys. <laughs> All, All right. right. Really mad about that take with Alan. She's a Bills fan too. Somehow she's both a Bills and a Cowboys fan. <laughs> she's, she's she's breaking tables right now. All right, yeah. Here I'm just. This is a a lot of yeah. yeah. I'm going to take Jared Goff just because he's numbers and he's. If I need a three or four, Jared Goff. I mean, I feel like he's always going to put up numbers in that offense. He's not spectacular. Last year was kind of scary. Him having 16 interceptions were. It seems like the last couple of years he's gotten worse, which is kind of odd, you know, to start throwing more interceptions. So it's a little alarming. He's still only 25. He's going to be in that offense for a long time. Um, he's always going to have decent numbers. He's not a not a world beater. I'm not saying he's great or anything, but I would take him here just as kind of like my safe, you know, fourth quarterback. And I and for I'm to take the ups, he's not a he's a guy I've not had a lot of hope for. Like going into the process last year, I was pretty low on him. But I, I have to admit, I kind of liked what I saw last year. Um, I like the swag. I like seeing him, you know, bopping on the sidelines to, you know, the songs. And I, I just, I, I like seeing that. I like seeing that infectious attitude. I really want that in my quarterback. That's something I really love. Uh, that's why I love Brett Favre so much. Um, I just, I love that, you know, want to play, that fire. I love it. He had pretty decent numbers last year. And then they only went and added, you know, Jerry Judy and, you know, like as they're setting this kid up for amazing things. You know, Melvin Gordon added to the offense. This offense has more weapons than like any team should be willing to give a rookie, like a second year quarterback. So he's giving, we are setting him up to do great things. Still not a hundred percent sold on him, but at this point, why not? You know, it's worth a shot. He's got a pretty good arm. He looked pretty good at uh, Missouri. Why am I drawing a blank on his college right now? I think it's Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. Which, I don't know. I did that. I'm a Debbie guy. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, he looked pretty good at Missouri. His senior year was pretty rough, so I was kind of down on him going into the process. I thought the the Broncos took him at a pretty good spot the second round, and I really liked what we saw last year. And you know, the upsides there, the talent around him's there, so I'll, I'll take him here. What don't you guys think about that? about that? I think everybody knows what I think about that at this point in okay. time. Oh uh, well, just to reiterate. For those who have not listened or followed me on Tell Twitter, me. I am not a Drew Locke fan whatsoever. I think that he could be a good quarterback for like game manager, maybe in the NFL, but for fantasy, I want no part of him. In fact, if you look at my uh, personal ranks that I put on the show sheet, I had <laughs> three of the other guys over Locke and him towards the bottom. He was only over, uh, and this might be a spoiler, I don't we're gonna go. Yeah, he's over Jordan Love. I imagine Love is gonna be the last pick in this, unless one of you guys just really thinks Love should go higher. Packers um, boy. Yeah, maybe Matt does, but I think Matt's just still pissed about the pick and is probably even mad that I put Love on the show sheet at all. So, yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why some people are excited about Love or Lock. Uh, it's just hard for me to get behind when. And, you know, people told me, oh, he was injured, oh, they were putting on training wheels, oh, blah, blah, blah. For a fantasy perspective, he was really, really bad as a rookie. And, yeah, it was a small sample, but it just didn't really see anything there that encouraged me. And I also, from my limited college knowledge, I was not a fan of him at Missouri. So it's just hard for me to sell myself on it. But, you know, when you're talking about the guy that's number 13, of our draft class here, 
It's not like I'm like, oh man, Dwight, I'm ready to fight you. It's just, I wouldn't have done that. That's all. Hey, Bobby, can you like you mute your mic, your headphones for a second? I don't want you to hear this. Hey, Matt, Drew Locke is better than Daniel Jones. No, okay, don't let Bobby hear that, okay? All right, you can open them back up, Bobby. All right. Well, now we're going to fight. Just <laughs> I'm I'm not even I'm not sure I can even go there with you to be honest with you. I'm not a Daniel yeah. Jones fan, but I mean we've talked we've talked on this podcast a lot about him, but my take is if he fails like he, uh, there there should be zero chance he fails. Uh but for some reason I still think he he might fail. There you go. Mike uh, Wallace. Mike Wallace by the way is the receiver that they tried to sign in Philadelphia <laughs> and then just got hurt anyway. All right. I told you I'd find him. <laughs> you got another pick or did you make both of them? Oh, you yeah. took Goff. I like that pick too. Yeah, I think I Goff mean, is in, is definitely in store for a for a for a bounce back kind of season. We saw his. Uh, 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 this is totally off the top of my head, but I think his touchdown rate his first two seasons were near six percent, and last season it went down to three and a half percent. So uh, he also led the league. I learned this on the on the, the new Warren Sharp podcast with Chad Scott and. Um, Rich Rebar, uh, that he, he, I think he's seven, seven catch, seven receptions, the, uh, uh, seven passes from Goff were stopped at the one yard line. So if he had, let's say five more touchdowns last season, we may be talking a little bit different about Goff right now, but right now he's, he's down there. So he's, I think he's definitely due for a bounce back. Um, all right. Really quick. Though, sorry. Yeah. You reminded me. Um, I put out a tweet recently because in a chat that I'm in, and this is shout out to the uh, trade addicts pod I'm in their uh, Patreon chat, the Cool Kids Club, as it's called, because if you're not in it, you're not one of the cool kids. And someone brought up, I think it was J. Mike, brought up Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff. And everyone was like, oh, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. This is so easy, Matthew Stafford. And I wanted to like flip a table over. And it was just an intuition. But then I went on a pro football reference, which for those of you who don't use it, I don't imagine there's many of you, is pretty much the greatest football stats site out there. And I compared them over the last few seasons since golf entered the league on a per game basis. And they had incredibly similar numbers. And golf is also seven years younger. And that included his terrible Jeff Fisher season. So I don't know how in dynasty the answer is not like definitively Jared Goff. That's just my uh, slight rant on Jared Goff for this podcast. And you just feel, he just yeah. feels when you take him. I mean, like, honestly, it's kind of just one of those things. Like you said, there is a lot of similar similarity, you know, golf throws for a ton of yards and that's what Stafford's really good at. And there for a while, Stafford was throwing 15 interceptions a year too. He seems to have calmed down a little bit as he's gotten a little older. And we assume that golf will go back to throwing less interceptions. Uh, 16 last year was kind of rough. Um, you know, and if you're in a scoring format, like, you know, the Scott fishbowl where they really penalize that, you know, he, he, pretty much almost killed weeks for you by throwing that many interceptions or 18 fumbles, you know, that kind of stuff kills weeks too. So anyways. Yeah. And we've just seen his volume, not necessarily that volume from quarterbacks translate to fantasy points, but we've seen his volume just skyrocket since, you know, he took over and, well, in, in his rookie season, I'm not going to really count because he only started seven games. But in 2017, 477 pass attempts up to 561. And then last season, you know, over 600. So I think we're going to see that same range. Whereas in Detroit, you've got Patricia and 
whatever I, I i have my issues with patricia but he doesn't want to throw the ball really a lot is 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 the short answer short version of that story um so yeah i mean i think it's i think they're probably close but i i currently i was just looking at my rankings i have golf golf 13 and staff for 15 so splitting hairs at this point but i think if you know if you're on the clock and you have the choice between the two then you probably got to go golf even if, if not just because of the the age discount yep that was pretty much my point as well um, all right, I guess I'm back on the clock. And at this point, I think I'm going to swing for upside, unknown upside, I guess. So I'm going to take another rookie, Justin Herbert. I think he probably should have come out last season uh, and maybe would have, would have, I, mean, I guess he did still get take, uh, taken pretty high with a six overall by the Chargers. So maybe, maybe not, but I just felt like after his, his junior season that he was, he was ready to kind of take that next step. Uh, and he did come back in, in, in 2019 and, and do, you know, just a little bit better, I guess. <laughs> so, so, so maybe ignore all the things I just said about that, but, uh, I, I don't know. He, he's, he's the, 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 the one negative I have with him. And maybe this is a product of coming out of Oregon because Marcus Mario would have the same thing. He's just got this, he's kind of a robot out there. Like he, he, he sees it, he throws it. He's very mechanical. Um, and you know, I'm not sure that that necessarily translates as well the NFL when you need maybe a little bit more of an improvisational style when the pressure is coming. Uh, so that's that's really where I, I see issues with 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 uh, Justin Herbert is when the pressure comes, what's he going to do with it? And if he can beat that, then I think he has all of the athletic and ability in the world. So uh, that's going to be the true test for him. Uh, I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, uh, seeing that dynamic between him and Tyrod Taylor. I, I, I do think that of the three rookie quarterbacks, he probably has the the, the least amount of uh, of a chance to to start in year one. Obviously, Burrow is is going to start from from day one. Uh, but even two, I think probably has a little bit better chance as long as the Chargers are winning games. Um, so yeah, you you're gonna have to wait a little bit on him. But at this point, when we have uh, you know, we have Darnold and Minshew and Jordan Love, uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky left. I think I'm willing to take the upside here of of uh, unknown upside of, of Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's totally fair. And also, this is a bit of an aside, but it is interesting. Supposedly, there are a bunch of reports out of the New York media that if Herbert had declared after his junior season, instead of Daniel Jones being our quarterback, it would have been Herbert. So that yeah. would have been a pretty interesting landing spot for him with all the weapons the Giants have. Not that the Chargers don't also have weapons. I just feel like the Giants have at least slightly better offensive weapons at this time. Yeah, the Giants would have been a good team if that had happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dare dare to dream, Bobby. Dare to dream. Are you just, you're looking to join Dwight and I out back. I'm going to take both of you on because, I mean, just look at me. I can do it. It's okay. You'll fumble your chance. It's all right. Oh. Yeah, clearly. I will, right. will say, Bobby, you're, you are bigger in real life than I thought you were going to be. So you got that going for you. I don't know if that's a compliment. Also, I dropped it. <laughs> I don't mean weight-wise. I, I mean height-wise. I think if I remember right, you were basically as tall as I am. Are you six foot? Are you over six foot? No, but I'm like 5'11"-ish. Okay. I remember you were – I was like, this Bobby's going to be little. He's going to be like a 5'8 <laughs> guy, but he, he was surprised me, man. All right. I'll, I'll accept <laughs> that. I will say to the other emphasis of big that I had dropped like 16 pounds recently. So, you know, Good I'm not quite you. as big as I used to be. However, on to my quarterback, which I'm actually going to go against myself here. I kept going back and forth when I made these ranks before our show. And I had Darnold Minshew and flipping them around. And I am going to upset probably every single person out there 
particularly uh, Tyler Gunther, who's a huge Sam Darnold fan. And I'm going to say, even though I'm going to select both of these players here, because I'm absolutely not selecting either after Jordan Love, that I'm going to select Gardner Minshew first. And the reason why is maybe not from a job security perspective, maybe not even from a real-life winning games perspective, but from a goddamn fantasy perspective. (laughs) Gardner Minshew had had a better season in his one season that he got to be a starter than Darnold has had in his entire career. And Darnold, yes, he's had injuries and he's had other reasons and he has Adam Gase and whatever. But from a fantasy perspective, he has not really lived up to any of his hype yet. And Gardner Minshew, you can say what you want about him, but he has. And I know people who say Gardner Minshew will not have a starting job next season. And to those people, I say, you know what sells tickets? Being fun. You know who you'd have a fun story to tell about if you hung out with them for a night? Gardner Minshew. My case is closed. Well, you know, I mean... I mean, the most fun, the most popular guy on a football team is the backup quarterback. So it would make sense that as popular as he is, he resumes that natural role next season once they draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, right? Listen, Matt, this is not Blue Mountain. <laughs> the ideal spot is not the backup QB. Gardner Minshew, I'm calling my shot now, will be the starter. of. I actually have a bet about this anyway, but he will be the starter of the Jaguars in 2021. They will surprise people in 2020 if there is a season. And they will not finish high enough to draft, or sorry, finish low enough. It's always confusing with high picks and low whatever. But they will not finish low enough to have a high draft pick to be able to select one of the top two quarterbacks. And he will keep his job, and things will be great. And uh, you know, Jacksonville will all just be wearing mustaches to celebrate they're going like eight and eight. <laughs> Uh, I would just, just a comment on Darnold real quick. We have to remember how young he is too. He's actually younger than Gardner Minshew, despite having two seasons in the league already. He just turned 23 uh, a, a couple of months ago, came in the league at 21. So, you know, hopefully this is the final year of Gase and we can move on with his development after that. I think this yeah. is just real quick. I, I do think if you are interested in, Gar- in Darnold, now is the time to buy because Absolutely. maybe he gets worse. Maybe he gets worse this season, but I think the the likelihood that he gets better this season is is higher than that he's going to get worse. So his pro- his value is probably at an all time low right now. So if you want to buy, and I think now is the time to do it. The fact that I would even consider Gardner Minshew over Darnold shows you that it's the time to buy because I realize <laughs> that that's even a ridiculous take. But I'm doing it anyway. And so, but for my next one, I will select Sam Darnold. Um, you know, I do think to count, to fight myself there, that idiot who just took Gardner Minshew over Sam Darnold and left Sam Darnold to me. What a guy. What a great guy. Uh, <laughs> to fight myself on that. So as I said, Sam Darnold did have some injury history and he gets made fun of it for that. But, you know, those were serious issues where he could have died if he got hit on his spleen. Um, He's had Adam Case to deal with. The Jets haven't really surrounded him with weapons. And he probably is going to outlive Case's Adam, or sorry, outlive Case's Jets career. So hopefully they bring in someone who can actually help him and teach him how to play the game. I kind of like what the Jets are doing this offseason, and they do get back some offensive weapons, and they brought in Denzel Mims, and Chris Herndon is going to be healthy, supposedly, and not suspended. Um, you know, Jamison Crowder is kind of like Jarvis Landry Light. So I'm not totally out on Darnold. I just 
love Minshew and kind of did that for like the shock slash joke value, but also did it because I do sincerely believe that Minshew will actually have a better fantasy season than Darnold will again this season. But I realize we're talking dynasty. So if you're talking long term, you could totally convince me that Darnold is the safer and better asset. Um, but I will roll with risk when we're talking about the guy that we're talking at or we're talking about as the what 15th and 16th guys in our draft. So for both, for both these guys, they're developmental quarterbacks in my mind or like QB three by week fill-ins. So I'll take the guy who actually has had some fantasy success, even though I recognize it could bite me. Yeah. I, I actually like Ben quite a bit. He's uh, the way he played last year was a little bit of a departure from how he was at Washington state. Um, I like how he, he's pretty careful with the ball. He led three comeback game-winning drives. He's definitely got, like, he he has the skill set of kind of like a game manager. You know, he's kind of careful with the ball. He doesn't make a lot of huge throws. But at the same time, he's got that swagger of that, you know, top co- of that lead quarterback that you want that can win a game when he needs to. So I, I'm not willing to move him up a whole lot higher until I see it for one more year. Um, they don't have the greatest wide receivers there. I like chart quite a bit, but past that, it, it's a pretty hodgepodge group of receivers. Um, so I'd let, I want to see him do it again. But if you're not if you're not rooting for the guy, you're not doing something. You're not doing something right because he's just hella fun to root for and, and hella fun to draft. And uh, he's just a fun guy. I hope he sticks around, you know, and makes something of himself. So that's all I got, man. I'm also biased because uh, since some people pointed out that I looked like for him for the few people on the internet that don't know at this point, I grew a mustache for No Shave November and raised some money pretending to be Gardner Minshew and posting videos for that. So I hope that he continues to have success so I can continue to raise money for charity that way. Uh, But Dwight, instead of talking about Jordan Love, I think what we'll do now is just transition into talking about some of the coming quarterbacks from the college world, since that's really your specialty. And we'll let you You talk about that. You didn't even rank real quick. You didn't even rank Dwayne Haskins. Oh, that's true. Or Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, all right. You didn't even give Dwayne a chance to draft Trubisky. I'm just saying. I I wasn't going to. (laughs) I I was actually. What's strange is I was actually thinking about going Jared Stidham next. So, um, oh yeah, you could. I I don't really like him, but yeah, not a fan of Haskins. Not not a fan of Love. Yeah, not not a fan of Trubisky. So. I don't mind Haskins, but I will say that I did make this show sheet um, while I was like multitasking, eating lunch really quickly between meetings for work. But it is on me. I just totally missed it. So I, I, I just guys. I just wanted to mention Haskins because I wanted to talk about how awesome it would be if Alex Smith is the starting quarterback again in the league. <laughs> that would be very cool. I don't think it'll happen, but I would be very into that storyline. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a really cool story. So. <laughs> 2021, right? Yeah, we got a big, big, big three quarterbacks coming out next year. Um, pretty much, you know, it's always the race for Trevor Lawrence, but it's also the race for Justin Fields and Trey Lance as well. Uh, obviously, Tr- Trevor Lawrence has been on the radar. He's been that Andrew Luck type prospect, you know, best quarterback since probably Andrew Luck prospect wise. Um, yeah, love the size at 6'6. He's accurate. He's mobile. He's led, you know, a really great team to a championship. And he does a lot of the things that you don't – the way he throws, you make any throw on the field, and, and he makes it look so easy. Uh, he took a little bit of a step back at the beginning of last year. He threw like eight interceptions in the first seven games, I think it was, and then after that, nothing. 
Like you just see that the kid's got the killer instinct, the leadership. I mean, he's everything. But then you go down to number two, and I'm sure you guys have heard Tra- Trevor Lawrence. You guys have been in pigs leagues and stuff, so you guys know the hype that's been surrounding him. I mean, and you guys don't have much say not much Debbie knowledge, but I mean, everybody knows Trevor Lawrence at this point. So, and uh, Justin Fields is right there too, though he's you know from Ohio State, very accurate, mobile passer. Um, he has a little bit of trouble, like with when the plays break down, you know, knowing when to throw the ball away. He takes a few a few too many sacks, but. Sorry about that. <laughs> he's not. Uh, he has really good arm strength. Not not elite arm strength, strength, but uh, he just does a lot of the little things. He's running that offense at Ohio State that's very similar to a pro offense. Does a lot of the things. A lot of the plays makes a lot of decision making. Reads through his progressions. He does a lot of things that you like. You know, for leading an offense, and some people even have him over Trevor Lawrence just because of the mobility and. You know, there's some things to like about each of those guys. I think both of them are going to be in the league for a long time. Then you got this, you know, kid coming out of North Dakota State, you know, just like Carson Wentz did. Trey Lance last year, gosh, I don't have his statistics pulled up. He had, I think, 28 touchdowns and no interceptions last year, if I remember right. Um, Just crazy, crazy good accurate. He is truly, truly mobile. He can take off and run, but that's not his first choice. You know, he waits until it absolutely has to. Um, just the level of competition will always be a, uh, you know, a, a question when you're coming from North Dakota State. And it looks like they are trying to play some games this year. I think the uh, Division Two was shut down, but they are trying to. I just read today that they're trying to schedule a game with Nebraska, actually, which would be pretty cool to see him on a on a field like that against a team of Nebraska's cal- caliber. But he's he's just another guy. It's just a lot of fun to watch. Just. Always mobile, flies all over the place, makes these just crazy throws, great touch. So he's one that's kind of came out of nowhere. Some people even have him up over fields, which I think is a little crazy. But, um, you know, you got that North Dakota love there. So those are the big three. I don't know if you guys got anything on any of those guys or you guys have them on any of your rosters or – I have I have a question about Trey Lance because I hadn't heard of him and I and, and I'm sure people were talking about him in season, but it seemed like once we hit bowl season and you know more towards the off season, all of a sudden people were propping him up in the same conversation with Lawrence and 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 Justin Fields. So like, am I wrong about that? Were people talking about him in season and and, and previous to this off season as well? And I just missed no. it, or did he just kind of come out of nowhere? He definitely came out of nowhere. He is um. I'm in a crazy deep Debbie league. We have like 150 Debbie players on our rosters and he wasn't even drafted. Like, like, so like this year I was able to get him in like even the third round. So like he definitely has gained a lot of traction in the last like seven months, probably eight months. Um, you know, it just all of a sudden people are like, you know, some people had heard of him. I think Kane, he's from Kane Fossil's hometown of Marshall, Minnesota. So Kane's been kind of pumping him up for a little while there. So. But you put up those types of stats, you know, the no interceptions. People are like, what? You know, like looking like, seriously? At any any level, any school, that's amazing to throw as many times as he did and not have any interceptions. So he's just he throws just a beautiful, beautiful ball. And it's just it, – it's a lot of fun to watch. He's going to be right up there. I, it's not out of the realm if teams fall right that these three all could go in the top five. So, like, if, you know – yeah, obviously quarterback need is going to be a, you know, like the giants are in the top five, you know, they, they would, you know, stuff like that. So got to, got to get it to you, Bobby. So, I mean, you know, if a team needs a quarterback, obviously 
they they could all go in the top five, but top ten is definitely probably a lock at this point. All three of these guys. So. Is he like a? Is he kind of boom bus, or is he just super safe for the football? Because I'm I'm just looking at his game logs now, and he has like five or six games with zero zero touchdowns thrown. So I'm just kind of wondering what what happened there. Right, they they um they do run a different type of offense there at North Dakota State. There was games where I I was watching. I think I've watched four full games of his, and they would run the ball way too much, you know, and they they would get up really early, and then he would just kind of sit back and do nothing. You know, they tend to, they're a pretty powerful team at Division Two, and they would just start rolling on people, and he would just kind of, you know, throw the ball here and there, but that was it, you know. So I want to attribute it to that. Um, he's obviously not a lock, and I don't think he's boom or bust, really. I think he's a pretty safe prospect, but obviously there's, you know, the level of competition. I think with Carson Wentz just doing that, this, it really piques everybody's interest even more. I think if Carson wasn't before him, maybe he would be thought of a little, a little less than he is. But I think being we just saw it, and we know this program can can turn this type of quarterback out and recruit this type of quarterback. You know, it definitely puts a precedence there and makes it probably give it a little more steam than what it would have if there was no Carson Wentz. Maybe he would not be first round, but he would definitely have got raised some eyebrows. So cool, Those thanks, Troy, for that education. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's a skill in life to admit when you don't know something at all. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you guys, uh, before you even mentioned Trey Lance, I had no idea who he was. Um, <laughs> so I just learned about him live on this podcast, and now I'm better for it. Um, yeah, I say it does add to that camp come out of nowhere thing, because while I am by no means a Debbie expert, and I just outed myself as not being a Debbie expert whatsoever, <laughs> I'm at least aware generally of like who people are talking about as the top, top guys. So it does add some, I think, to what Matt was saying about him possibly coming out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I play Debbie, but I don't play Debbie. I play in Debbie leagues, but generally I trade away all of my Debbie assets like right away and trade them for rookie picks or players or whatever. So, uh, yeah, so I appreciate having a Debbie guy on the, on the pod. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same exact way as Matt. Uh, with that, though, we are going to transition to our animal of the week and really appreciate you doing that, Dwight. But now what I'd like you to do is tell us, because we always do this with our guests. First, we have them tell us why that is their favorite non-domestic animal. And then we share uh, some fun facts. And again, another opportunity for me to learn each week, because I don't know nearly as much about animals as Matt does. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved meerkats. And, and like when that the show came on, re- the last, was it like five, six years it came on, the was it Meerkat Nation? I think is what it's called. Meerkat Manor, man. Manor, great. It was just they're so much fun to watch. Like their whole the hierarchy of their col- like I don't know if it's called a colony. I'm, I I don't know, but you know the, the way they interact together, how they just the whole group mentality. They're just so much fun to watch. They look like they're these like cute, lovable animals that are probably doing far more complex things than we ever think they are because they're just cute and little, you know, like my daughter sees them and she's like, Oh my God, dad, I want 20 of them. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm going to build something in the back room and we're going to do it. You know? Um, so I've just always been fascinated by them. I, I like just, I love watching them. They're one, one of the few animals I could just sit there and watch all freaking day. Like they're just so interesting. So, but Matt, tell me some of the more interesting things about them. Like, uh, the, you're, you, you could call them a colony because they live in a family group, right? But the actual name for a group of meerkats is a mob, which I think is pretty fun. Mob or a gang. 
mob of meerkats. Um, and, but, but no, I think the coolest thing about meerkats is that they have a sentry. They have a lookout that like jumps on, goes up on the top of uh, uh, usually like a they'll like inhabit like old termite mounds and stuff like that. They'll go up. So they'll have a sentry that goes up and watches for hawks uh, and everything. So they have somebody that goes up and defends them. They're actually also a matriarchal society. So generally the, the, there's a female that kind of leads the lead the troop one, one breeding female that kind of runs everything. Um, but yeah, they're super cool. Um, in terms of their conservation status though, they, they are not of any concern. So we're not going to talk about a charity, uh, a charity organizations for them, but they are in, in, in Africa, in Southern Africa. Uh, and when you protect habitats, you protect all animals, which includes meerkats. So if you guys are interested in donating to, uh, a, 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 a charity that will, will help out meerkats, you know, vis-a-vis saving the environment, a great one is the African Wildlife Foundation. That's awf.org. And real quick about meerkats, I will add the only thing that I actually know about meerkats, which is that Timon from The Lion King is a meerkat. And that was my only introduction to meerkats as a kid. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all I really have to add on the subject. But they definitely are very cool. I have enjoyed looking at them when I've gone to zoos. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So, are there animated meerkats? Is uh King Julian, I know this is a weird question, but King Julian from uh, Madagascar, is he a meerkat or is he something else? I think he's a lemur, I, but I don't lemur. remember. I can't, is he, yeah, he's at the move it, move it guy. I got to move it. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a lemur. Uh, are but lemurs and meerkats related, Matt? Or am I just like lemur, totally lemurs are prosimians or in the primate family and, and, uh, meerkats are kind of like mongoose. So very, very right. pretty, pretty, pretty different. But sidebar, since you mentioned Timon, how did you guys feel about the, the li- quote live action version of Lion King? I haven't watched it. I refuse. Oh, okay. Twice. It, was my it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was all right. Uh, my biggest, my biggest uh, issue w- with it was, of course, animal nerd stuff. Like when they showed baby, baby Pumbaa, they didn't show a baby warthog. They showed a baby Red River hog. And then they, when they were all eating grubs and stuff, you know, they're teaching uh, Simba to to not be a carnivore or whatever. They have freaking gazelles eating grubs. Like the, there was a, there was like a dick dick, I think, <laughs> eating grubs and stuff. Like which doesn't happen. So come on, Disney, you spent millions and millions of dollars on this movie. You can't even get like the animal facts right get your stuff together lion king was my favorite movie when i was a little kid uh they'd put it on so that i my parents would put it on basically whenever they just wanted me to shut up and like go watch it so i just refused to watch the live action because i think that it would ruin things for me that's how my my kids love it and and it's it's hard for me to watch i still prefer the animated same with beauty and the beast i refuse to watch the live action one my kids love it and i just will not watch it i just can't stand i i want to watch the the animated one so that's just yeah. a generational thing, you know. Our, our kids will probably show their kids, you know, the live action one yeah. and think, yeah. And then their kids will have like an animated one based on the live action one that was based on the original animation. They'll have a holographic one that shows up in their bedroom and reenacts the whole movie for them. Yeah. They, all, they also they also took the best songs out of, out of the live action version. Hot, uh, uh, Squash banana that was not in there. Hot Tasana, Squash banana with the Rafiki oh, song, and yeah. then the 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 Scar song. Uh, I always forget the name of it, but the line is "Listen to Teacher." Like they took that song out with the with the hyenas. That was a great song. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know why they had to mess up that movie. This is now a Disney podcast. <laughs> Russ, this is just for Russ. It's personal. He can add, he can edit it out if he likes. <laughs> yeah. Other than those little things, though, I, I was impressed with how they followed the the sequence of the shots almost 
perfectly. Like oh, yeah. it, it was laid out almost the exact same way. Like it was pretty impressive how they did it, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I'd prefer the c- cartoon one any day. So. Yeah. We are going to uh, move on to our extinctions of the week and maybe an extinction of the week can be Disney stop taking animated movies and turning them into live action just to milk them for all their worth. But as everybody knows at this point, extinction of the week is something that you wish would go extinct rather than endangered animals. Uh, during the pandemic, which has now been going on seemingly forever, we've also been doing positivity of the week because there's enough bad things happening that we should also highlight some good stuff. Uh, Matt, would you like to kick it off this week? Yeah, I could go first. Uh, my, I guess this is a multi-pronged extinction. I want, uh, first of all, Smash Mouth is a terrible band, so you shouldn't listen to them anyway. But if you need another reason to not listen to Smash Mouth, then he was at Sturgis, which is the giant uh, motorcycle rally that happens in uh, South Dakota every every year. And uh, he basically said that COVID doesn't exist. So uh, Smash Mouth and, and Steve Harwell, the lead singer of Smash Mouth, you can go extinct. And then all of the people that thought it was a good idea. To, you know, South Dakota is one of the states that has the least amount of infection uh, of, of the COVID virus in it. And you just brought 250,000 people from all over the place that aren't wearing masks to your state. So hopefully you guys survive that. So I guess Bikers, Sturgis, and Steve Harwell, lead singer of Smash Mouth, you guys can all go extinct. I'm fine with it. I'm ashamed to admit that uh, when I was little, I entered a talent show and my sister made me learn all the lyrics to uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. And to this day, well, I don't know all the lyrics and it's pretty much the only song that I know all the lyrics to. I believe that that's the close to the show is you singing All Star right now. Nice. Uh, After nobody, we get the extinctions of the week. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Quite. do you have an extinction of the week? If not, I can... I did, I did not prepare one. I, I have no idea. I'm not. Um, I okay. I can't That's think of anything off the mic, off the cuff that I want to go extinct. I, I have a lot to uh, unload. There's, being there, there's nothing that grinds your gears, Dwight. Come on. You've got to be something. Something that grinds your gears. Always. Yeah. I'll buy you some time. I have a lot to get off my chest uh, being a relatively new homeowner. So I bought a house recently, which we discussed on a recent episode of this podcast. And I've moved in. And since then, what I've realized is that the previous owners did absolutely nothing to update the house, take care of the house, or anything like that, which is fine. That's your prerogative. What really, really got me, though, is when we were closing on the house, there was an issue with the sprinkler, and then we had to go back and forth on it. And I never thought I'd be arguing about sprinklers, but that's a bit of an aside. However, we got in touch with their gardener, who is now our gardener. Sorry, Matt, I know how you feel about this. But the gardener told us that they flat out told him to stop taking care of their yard after like, they decided they were selling. So basically, just let every single thing in our yard die. And it's, been, it's going to be very expensive to fix it. And generally, we talked to our lawyer about it. And basically, he's like, yeah, we don't generally put that in a contract because it's pretty much just like considered common courtesy to take care of your lawn until the next buyer takes it over. So I realize there are much bigger concerns going on in the world, but I've also ranted about those on previous podcasts. So I'm going to get very, very specific here. If you are the sort of person to let your guard die to save yourself some money because some other owner is coming into your house, you are a terrible person and you should go extinct. 
Nice. I'll, I'll tack on to that. How about we just have yards in general go extinct? I mean, oh. I, Bobby, I know I've, I've given you some crap about this, but yards are such a waste of water. There's so much upkeep. Start, let's start xeriscaping. Throw some gravel out there. Throw some cactus, whatever. They're your local. Well, well, that, well, that's in Southern California, but it, wherever you live, you know, plant yeah. local plants. <laughs> that things like that stuff that 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 can that are drought tolerant. There there are plants like that in every single uh, growing zone in in the country. So you know, if it dies, it dies. I don't know. That's probably that's, that's probably but, a hot take, and probably not many people agree with me on that. But Dwight, no. uh, <laughs> uh, me. edit this out. You got kind yeah. of like staticky and chipmunky for that, so you might need to uh, repeat that's it. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not going to repeat it. So. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, very uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable doing look, this type of stuff, man. I, I don't. I do not you, like talking about right, stuff. One of those, you look uncomfortable. I so try not to. We'll let you up. I will that. sum up what I believe I gathered from the bits and pieces of the chipmunk static <laughs> light, which was uh, basically, if you're a homeowner that says we don't, if you're, if you're a store owner that says we don't have to wear masks, you can go extinct because we're yes, supposed to be respectful of other people. Yep, Seriously, it. it's not about you; it's about everybody else. Stop being a dick. Just wear your freaking yeah, exactly. mask. Listen, listen. I wear. I walked all up and down a hillside today. I moved three dump truck molds of of mulch and stuff like that at work today, wearing a mask the entire time. Don't tell me you can't breathe without a, with a mask if you're just walking down the street. Doctors wear a mask all damn day, taking care of, of the sick people that you are making sick by not wearing a mask. Just, 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 just wear it. And if and if you don't, then I guess you can go extinct too. Let's uh, move into a topic that I think will make Dwight more comfortable since he doesn't like talking bad about anybody. And that's <laughs> it's a good quality, to be honest with you. Oh, I yeah, wish no, I had no. more of it. Me too. I can very easily talk negatively. <laughs> Not usually about people. It's more like groups of people, even though mine was specific. No one knows who that person is. So I can uh, feel okay about that. But in terms of the uh, positivity of the week, um, I guess I'll start. So I, as I already mentioned, I've dropped about 16 pounds. I'm continuing to lose weight and go towards my uh, goal. We mentioned on the podcast for the last one we recorded that I'd only been drinking water and not eating dessert and basically checking my intake. And I've still been doing that. I've also been at my new job for over a month now, and it's hard to believe it's been a month, but I don't even know what time is anymore because of the coronavirus. So it has both felt like a very quick month and at the same time has felt like I've already been at my job for 10 years. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't have too much to share, but I'm happy to have made it a full month without being fired and being healthy. I, I definitely have a, a, a more of an appreciation for, I, I still think people suck as, as a whole for the most part, but um you see a little more appreciation sometimes when you deal with people, which is something kind of nice. You know, we're all going through this together. Um, sometimes I, I talk on the phone all day at work. That's what I do. It's customer service. And I, I hear a lot of people, you know, that are just, you know, we're frustrated. We're all going through this together. And we're, it kind of has brought a lot of us together that would probably not have been together. So I wish there was a lot more of it, but I do see more of it now than I ever have in quite some time. So I'm really appreciative of, of some of the relationships, you know, that just people to people, strangers, you know, it, it's, it's different. You know, when I, a couple of times I've been able to DJ weddings and stuff, it's, it's been kind of, kind of cool. Everybody's always like, wow, you know, like everybody's so happy to be out and talk to other people. 
you know, and they're nicer for at least a few minutes, you know. So I am appreciative of that. It's kind of cool. Kind of a, a, weird side of, a weird side effect of all this. So, Matt, do you have positivity? Unlike Dwight, I feel like this is what you usually struggle with. <laughs> Not this week, man. I've got, I, I don't remember if I mentioned it the last time the show, like Dwight said, time is a flat circle. <laughs> Who knows what, what, what happened in the last several months? It feels like this year has been five years. Uh, but no, uh, Megan, my girlfriend has finally moved, completely moved into the house. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Got my bad roommate out, got her in and, uh, you know, I'm, she makes me feel like uh, maybe I've, I've never been in love before and now I am. So, uh, it's, it's all good, man. I'm, I'm excited for, for what this chapter brings. Uh, we actually just got, uh, we're going to go up and see her family, uh, next, this coming weekend. We actually just got COVID tested for like precautionary reasons because her dad is diabetic just to, you know, make sure that we're, we're safe as we go up there. Um, and I didn't get the brain scrambler one. I didn't even know like new tests yeah. exist that aren't the one that like go up and tick. Everybody says like goes up and tickles your brain. It was a, I think I've had my finger farther up my nose than the Q-tip that they put up there. So, uh, that's, that's great. And I'll hopefully get that result in a, in a few days and it'll be, be good. So all positivity on my side right now, man. Only Matt could say something that potentially brings like a tear to your eye and then follows it up with <laughs> shoving stuff up his nose. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So with that, we are going to end the show, but I did want to say once again, Dwight, we really appreciate you joining. And this time I'll let you let the people know where they can find you. Uh, but I am obligated just because of talking to Gabe before we recorded to say the people's champ will now tell you where you can find him. Yes. Yes. FF at FF people's champ on Twitter, courtesy of Gabe and the open bar. So they gave me that the moniker, and it's kind of stuck, and I, I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. Um, it's a great work one. At, work, at, work at DLF Podcast is, is Debbie Owner's Manual, which we have not done a lot of. We're kind of in shock in the Debbie community. All this football is being canceled, so it's kind of hard to get excited for football when half the teams aren't going to be playing. So it, it's been kind of weird. Um, you know, I've heard talk of NFL on Saturdays and stuff. That would definitely help. So um, yeah, I might actually have to go to pumpkin patches and drink pumpkin spice latte and crap like that. Like, <laughs> like else does on Saturdays. So, yeah. so yeah, that's it. Well, that you all follow Dwight and check out the Debbie manual. Um, hopefully Dwight won't be spending too much time at pumpkin patches because there'll be NFL to replace it, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Pumpkin patches can be fun as basic as they are. Uh, you can find myself and Matt at Dynasty League Football. You can find Matt at Matt Price FF on Twitter, as well as the various podcasts that he does. There's, I always joke that there's too many to list. It's not really that there's too many. It's just that it's I don't only feel three. There's only three. So there's Dynasty League Football. Uh, I think it's just at DLF Pod. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. There's uh, Dynasty Game Night, which is DGN Pod, unless it's something else on Twitter. And we, of course, are Zuperflex. And if you're listening to the show, as I've said before, I don't know why you need me to tell you that, but you can find us at Superflex on Twitter. Until next time. We are bye. Superflex. <laughs> I don't know why, but when you said that, it just like, there's there's got to be some, there's some like 90s sci-fi movie where there was like some 
I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Terminator, but it seems like there was some some kind of movie where it was like, "We're we, is it the Borg? We are Borg." Maybe it's that from Star Trek. We are we are the Borg. Anyway, never mind. You can edit all that out, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna say something. They're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, there's that movie where they're like their chant is we are whatever the thing is." Marshall. Well. <laughs> we oh we are Marshall. We are Marshall. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's not sci-fi at all. I like it. Well. Until next time, normally I say keep it classy fantasy Twitter, but until this time I will say, until next time, somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shit. She is looking kind of dumb with her finger in the thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. <laughs> well, you're stuck coming, they don't stop coming. That's the rule, then I hit the ground running. Until next time. <laughs> I love it, man.